0: Welcome to DevCast, brought to you by Devril Smith, the right people. DevCast is where property meets people, industry figures, news and views, what it takes to be your best. So sit back, earphones on and enjoy this edition of DevCast. to DevCast, Deverell-Smith's audio series, which holds exclusive and thought-provoking interviews with professionals of the property industry. I'm Hannah Taylor, manager of the investment and finance team here at Deverell-Smith, and I'm really excited to be hosting the spring edition of the Big Talent podcast. I'm joined by Andrew Deverell-Smith, company CEO and founder, and Deverell-Smith's MD, James Campion. How are you both today?
1: I'm very well, Thank you, and I should say this is Andrew speaking, just in case there's any um, uh, guessing going on down the airways. But yeah, really well. The, uh, the weather is uh, typically British this week, <laughs> uh, the week of the Chelsea Flower Show, pouring down with rain. But other than that, great.
2: I'm uh, James Campion here. Morning listeners, or good afternoon listeners. Uh, yeah, equally well. I'm I'm still recovering from shock a little bit, as I found out that Andrew Devil Smith, our eponymous founder and DJ. I actually went to Chelsea Flower Show on Tuesday night, which is something that surprised me and the rest of our colleagues. So perhaps we can factor this one into that. Factor, factor that one to this podcast. Well, I,
1: I, I, I should react to that straight away because it was a very kind invitation from a very important client of ours, James. And um, <laughs> it was it was amazing. You know, it was it was one of those things. I don't know where my expectations were, but it was a great thing to uh, have have seen and visited and other than the weather it was it exceeded my expectations on every level so thank you very much nice. indeed to the client you know who you are thank you
0: pleased to hear you're both well and <laughs> um, so in this spring edition we're going to be looking a little bit at the past a little bit more at the present but really highlighting our advice to support kind of key business decisions for our clients and um, we'll be running through three topics the recruitment process flexible working and wage inflation I'm gonna introduce each topic with a blankety blank style statement, which Andrew and James will both be answering. We're gonna jump straight into it. Are you ready? I think so. Okay, so 41% of employers have reported increased blankety blank and difficulty in retaining employees. What are you thinking?
1: James,
2: after you. Thank you for the opportunity to go first on that one. Forty-one percent, forty-one percent blank, an increase of forty-one percent attrition. I'm guessing.
0: Close. Yeah. I'm
1: going to go for wage inflation.
0: James, you're very close. The answer was staff turnover. Are you surprised by that response,
1: James?
2: Uh, I'm surprised it's as low as that, is the honest answer. Um, you know, obviously we're pretty much on the front line of, of um, uh, retention and uh, attraction strategies. And I, uh, given how busy we've been in the last 15 months, 16 months, probably maybe a little bit longer than that, I'm, I'm very, very surprised it's not higher. I know lots of clients who've had uh, probably a bigger number than that.
1: Yeah, no, I echo that I'm not at all surprised. I think we've seen a post COVID bounce. I think we talked about this in our last podcast around, you know, everybody reflecting on their careers and lives and lifestyles Mm -hmm. and what have you. So if if anything, I'm surprised it's as low as 41% noticing um, increased movement, because I think the the stats from the recruitment sector would suggest, you know, it's it's really uh, risen year on year. So Mm -hmm. no, no, no great surprise.
0: Okay. Interesting to hear. Um, I've got a question for you, James. Um, here at Deverell Smith, we've improved our retention rate. Do you have any hints and tips that you would give to, to kind of other companies who are struggling?
2: Ah, uh, do I? What are the hints and tips? Let's think. Um, well, we, we, we're, we're kind of obsessed around two things here, um, or at least uh, 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 we, we try to be. That's probably a better phrase. Um and those two things, and I've, I've always been obsessed about them in every environment in which I've worked, and that could have been um, as a, a trading floor when I played sport, or since I've been in recruitment. But um, that is the the culture of the organisation. Um, I think you know people always say they work for a, a boss, not a business, and I think having the right uh, environment, the right leaders, the right types of values, um, gets people to commit in a way that perhaps they otherwise wouldn't if they didn't have that. And so I think from a, a retention perspective clearly defining who you are, and making sure that your company values are, are both, they're not just words on a website, they're real. Um, and then the, the second thing that I tend to be very, very bothered about is kind of learning and development and coaching. I think employ, employees now more than ever have got a huge amount of choice. And so if it's just about money, if all you can offer them is, is cash, somebody will always outbid you. You need to be able to offer somebody a career and a journey and um, you know, be able to demonstrate how they can improve people. Um, so those are the two things that we've done. I don't know if that's necessarily the answer to the question. maybe the answer to the question for me starts at the, at the very beginning of the hiring process. I think too often when we speak to clients and we have our first conversation with them, there isn't necessarily enough clarity around a what they're looking for and B how they're going to position themselves in a market to make sure they get that. because you know we, we use the phrase at the moment. it's a little bit dramatic, but I don't think it's far off true. There, there is absolutely a war on talent at the moment. It's the biggest talent shortage of a generation. Um, we are seeing good candidates get five six seven eight offers at, at a go and can afford to be really really picky and it's rarely the company that's paying the most that is the is the the, the organization they choose to join it's normally the one who've positioned themselves to the best from their get-go so that could be interview process it could be the, the the kind of level of clarity they've given on the organization so yeah in short be very clear on what you want to be clear on how you're going to position that to candidates
0: Thanks, James. Really, really helpful. Okay, next statement. Blankety blank. With blankety blank percent of companies ranking the quality of their staff and recruitment is the most important part of their business. So what percent of companies are ranking the quality of their staff and recruitment as the most important part of their business? Yeah, this is tough. Someone could (laughs) have given me
1: a heads up on this game before (laughs) (laughs) Before, before we started to play... I have absolutely, no know, and this, we've surveyed,
0: this is our survey, or? Uh, it's not our survey, no. It's from a, um, a much, much bigger nationwide survey.
1: So what percentage of companies rank people, effect, essentially, as their number yeah. one priority? Um, I'd like to go high, but I'm going to go lower than I would mm. like to go, and I'm going to say 33%.
2: I don't know whether to be depressed or, or, or how, what emotion to attach to that answer because I, I, I can totally understand where Andrew's coming from. But I'm a natural optimist. I'm going to go eighty-five because mm. if it isn't that amount, it should be. You know, there's very, very, very few industries in the world that where the people aren't the most important part of any organisation. So I don't know.
0: Both very different answers. Um, Andrew, you are much closer. Forty-three oh, percent of companies ranking the quality of their staff and recruitment as the most important part of their business. Um I suppose on that, question for, for you, Andrew. Um obviously you work kind of predominantly in an executive search. Um how would you say you would go about kind of attracting the best talent and how does that kind of differ from from kind of a junior level under a, a director level, for example?
1: Mm. I think that's a good question. I, I I can talk you through the methodologies around what what we do as a firm and 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 if I'm honest I should really praise um, our colleague Eliza and and her team more than mine in this respect because I would say the 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 methodology should be data led and research led and and we you know really just dig 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 and I think that's probably the difference generally between a sort of an executive search campaign and what, what we recruiters call a contingency campaign. I'm of the belief that it doesn't matter what level the role is, you can apply the same methodology because sometimes, you know, sometimes we find it's harder to source at a more junior level for certain roles and skill sets than it is at a senior level. So I think it. I th- my advice to clients when considering methodology should really be around, well, you know... Um, how thorough do you want to be and 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 you know with more time with more uh manpower invested in a process then you know one, one, one should expect a much more thorough exercise and you know that's what we try and do and i think that's what we do do most of the time but i don't see it as being well you know this person needs to be of a certain level or a certain salary band i think it's really just a case of justification around you know the challenge that um you know that 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 role requires to for, for us to deliver the right quality of shortlisting candidates
2: see uh, I find that really really interesting because I, I actually think if I think back to the, the, the numerous client meetings I've in, I think it tends to come down to one question which clients are typically not very good at answering which is how good a person do they actually want um, and that's at all levels, because most people will tell you they want the best possible person available. But in order to find the best, everything Andrew just said is completely true. You know, in order to, to find the best person there is, not just the best person we've got, you have to put a load more effort into it. And this, whether this is a, a senior level role a, on a search basis or on a, a normal contingent basis, you have to really, really scour the market. You have to use lots of different tools to attract that. Um, but that takes more time it often is that there is a there there is a a lag on um, from start to hire, but it significantly increases the chance of getting it right yet when you I I find when you talk to clients around this I think there was was a fear sometimes around saying well actually do you know what we just need somebody good because no no one wants to say they'll take a 7 out of 10 everyone wants to say they want a 9 out of 10 because it kind of it's a damning indictment on your business if you'll accept a 7 out of 10 so I, I think it often depends on having the client being really, really honest with you to around which which approach you need to take. Because there's lots... It's horses, of course, you can fill the jobs lots of different ways.
0: Thank you, Beau.
1: Is that one-all, Hannah? I just want to check um, yeah. Not the way James it and I are competitive. But, it, there's plenty more coming, don't worry.
0: <laughs> 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 and I guess just one further point on kind of how to land the best talent um, we'll probably all have seen that this week that stat came out mm. um, that there being more vacancies at the moment there are unemployed people, which is unheard of I believe. Um, how? What would you advise businesses to be doing in order to stand out in such a market? Uh,
2: good question. So what would I advise people to do to stand out at the moment? I, I, again, I, I'm a bit of a sweeping generalisation. I think the world has changed a lot when it comes to how people um, access job opportunities. Mm-hmm. In the last, so well, I've been in recruitment for 22 years, and, and it's changed out of all recognition. When I started, it was a an advertisement in the Financial Times, and that's where everyone went on a Thursday to look at the the latest vacancies. And now, you know, that most most uh, print retailers will tell you that that isn't the, the solution. So. Um, I think the quality of the advert, if they're going direct, if, they, if they're going to market on their own without the use of a recruitment agency, actually thinking about putting themselves in the candidate's shoes and thinking, what does that person want to hear? Lots and lots of companies and lots and lots of recruiters talk about, well, let me tell you about the ABCs of the job. And it's just an uninspiring, uninteresting, unattractive way of going about it. And unsurprisingly, it has a really, really average response. And at the moment, where there's been, you know, there, there are more opportunities for a, a, a good or even an a, 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 you know, a, a less than a phenomenal candidate. Um, I think the, uh, the the need to position yourselves has, has grown even more important. Um, but back to what I was saying earlier, if, if you think about the biggest challenge that people face, it's un- like position themselves in a really honest and authentic way, because the worst thing you can do, and I include uh, uh, recruiters and, and uh, businesses I've worked as in this category. Is say you something is tell the tell the candidate you something and that not be the case. You've got to be honest. You've got to be authentic. You need to talk honestly about what your strengths are. Be upfront about what you need to be better at, and tell them where they can really add value. Um, also, like people want to be excited. It's one of the most stressful things in the world, moving jobs. And if you can't get somebody excited um, in the first five minutes of talking to them, they're probably never going to be. So you need to really get your pitch nailed quickly
0: thanks james really really helpful and um, we're now going to move on to flexible working a, a hotly discussed topic and um, so i've got another blankety blank question for you a study of employees in america found that blank percent of people surveyed would be more likely to apply for a job if it offered a remote working option discuss <laughs>
1: James I think you go first <laughs> uh, so
2: let me say that question uh, so hang on X percentage of people would be interested in the role if it offered flexible working is that right More likely. okay more likely well given the lack of holidays that you get offered in America <laughs> uh, and the need, you know we've obviously had a presence in America for quite some time we've done a load of business over there we've got some brilliant clients we've got a little bit of an insight into the market but nowhere near uh, enough to feel incredibly confident about my answer on this i'm gonna say
1: i'm gonna hedge my bets and say 55 percent. i'm diving straight in on this one um and i think i'm gonna change the game show theme to um Bruce Forsyth. what was it <laughs> can't get your cards right well oh, yeah i'm going higher i'm absolutely going higher than 55 percent. i'm going way higher i won't give you a percentage but i i'm thinking of one
0: it's 79%, so 79% of people surveyed would be more likely to apply for a job if it offered remote working.
1: I've got a small anecdote on that, if if, if you want to hear it, but I'm not sure, um, I'm staying on script, but I was in New York two months ago, I'd just gotten off a plane, I'd just arrived at my hotel, this bar restaurant was absolutely heaving, and the only spot available for me to grab a bit of food was wedged in between two people. And there was a lady to my right, who was chatting to a pal, and her pal went to the restroom, as they say (laughs) in the state. And anyway, we were chatting. She said, well, what do you do? I said, I'm a recruiter. And she said, oh, I've just moved jobs. I said, oh, great, tell me more. And she said, I've just moved jobs because I took a 100% flexible working opportunity and I'm moving to Guatemala. She said, I'm done with New York, it's too expensive, too this, too that, too the other. And her primary driver for a job search was 100% flex. So that's why I felt so confident with James's
0: 50. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you knew. <laughs> well, I was keen to hear your thoughts, Andrew, because I know you deal with a lot of estate agencies and you've worked with estate agencies historically. What are your thoughts on, on kind of the, the thought, I suppose, that estate agents can't work from home with viewings, et cetera? Kind of how would you combat that?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I think I'm old fashioned in the sense of uh, if I were an estate agent and I were viewing properties, you know, depending on your position in the market and the nature of whether you're showing 100 properties a month or, you know, perhaps a higher price point when you're showing less, but I probably think I'd want to be there um, more often than not. So there's certain functions of the job. I think you need to be present, as in physically present for, and I think there's there's loads that you don't, you know. Look, um, James was reading the FT when he started. I'm not sure i buy that, by the way, but um, I... Um, <laughs> I Um, I was placing state agents at the start of my career and still do from time to time. But, you know, look, let's just look at what's changed. You know, BlackBerrys came, then, you know, then iPhones, then all the rest of it. Do I believe the tools are available for an estate agent to be absolutely fluid in terms of how they run their their day? Yeah, I do. You know, so I don't think you need to sit uh, behind a desk or in a sort of shop front environment. I can see some of the merits in that, but... That's just agency. Where am I on, on flexible working? Um, I think, like I said last time, I think it's here to stay. That said, I think you know the, most of the world went from being 100% non-flex to 100% flex. I think we're probably somewhere around the 50% mark now in terms of balance, and I think over the next three years it will trend back towards the 100%. I don't think it will get close. I think it will settle in this sort of, you know, 70s, 70s camp. I said that's that's my feeling, but you know, it's still moving around, and you know, we we don't know like most people don't know mm. currently, but I think it will trend, m- you know, more back towards the old ways than the new ways, but flexible will be here to stay for sure. And not just on that subject, you know, if we're talking, if we're having a thousand candidate conversations a week or a month, we know that the first question our candidate's mouths at the moment is yeah. what is the flexible working policy? That's before salary or you know opportunity you know growth opportunity so that's really telling
0: yeah i can uh, certainly vouch for that and i guess on that point james um you know as as md of devril smith what challenges have you overcome in terms of the flexi working and working from home with your team here
2: ah uh, well i i just i, I want to pick up a point andrew said before i come on to that because I, I totally agree with, with uh, andrew's perspective i think lo- lots of people lots of businesses that didn't want to be flexible, had to be flexible during a pandemic, and um, are now almost begrudgingly offering it, which I find um, I find quite interesting. When you speak to candidates and you're saying, you know, that they're in theoretically they're offered flexible working, but they're often put in a position, or it's insinuated that they shouldn't. Um, and I think, like most things in today's society, there's this really polarised view of. Everyone should be in the office five days a week. Or everyone should be in the, be one hundred percent flexible. And if you disagree with me, you're wrong. And I think the reality is that, like most things, the, the world is in the grey, isn't it? And I think there's a halfway house between the two. And um, and it's it's what suits different people at different levels. If you, if you look at our business, you know we've got, uh, God, how many? Look, probably 70 percent of us are, are, are fairly experienced recruiters. Have been in the market for a while, know the industry, um, and. Uh, We have complete trust on on where they spend their time and how they spend their time however, there is the other 30 to 40 percent of our staff who are Inexperienced and need to be around good people to learn and I think trying to find that balance where you can provide the right Support and infrastructure to people who don't have either industry or recruitment experience to learn from some of the best in the market which we're fortunate to have but also give the flexibility is, is a is a problem that um, we're we're still trying to solve. I think more we get it right more often than not because it starts with one really simple question: like, Are you an adult, and can I trust you? And if the answer to both of those things is yes, then it's just a question of detail. And um, and I, I can say I, I back Andrew's point. The last the last thing he said around you know, the first question that people ask. And you know, I, I interview no less than five, up to twenty people a week to, to potentially work at Devil Smith. And the first question now, every single person, whenever I say, right, you know, I've, I'm, I've bored you with questions, you'll turn to ask me. The very first question everybody asks me is, "Can you tell me about your flexible working?" Before earning, before promotion opportunity, anything else, the first thing they ask. And when I ask them what they want, that's always quite an interesting uh, and, and telling response because there's lots of people who st- actually still want to be in the office. So if you told me it was if you told me it was 100% remote or majority remote, I wouldn't be interested. I like being involved in a team. Um, So I I think I'm inclined to agree with Andrew. I think the world will trend back towards more office-based, but I I don't think we'll ever find a position where it will be 100% again. And also, there's there's certain industries where it just doesn't need to be.
0: Yeah, totally agree. I think, yeah, we're finding our balance at the moment, aren't we? Mm. And yeah, it's all about finding that balance. Candidates certainly want the, I would say most people are a fan of the three days in the office, two days at home sort of vibe. Um, and on that note, I suppose, we we obviously partner with Daisy Chain, um, who are a flexible working platform and who offer only flexible working roles. Um, Andrew, could you just give us a bit of insight on that? And what they well, do? <laughs> I only
1: laugh because, you know, I mean, look, I should declare this. This is my wife's business, which was born pre pandemic. But, you know, for reasons we just discussed. Um, I, th- I think I'm very biased, but I think it's really exciting um, platform. And I think it, it serves a purpose because, you know, from a recruiter's perspective, let's be honest, you know, if if, if jobs were called in pre-pandemic and it was like hey, we need somebody flexible, you know, probably 10, 10 hours a week, um, you know, most recruiters would switch off to that type of opportunity, I think, if we're honest. And look, we know that there is a huge community of people across every sector at pretty much every level whereby for whatever reason they either desire flexible working opportunities or they require them you know whether that be childcare issues or whatever it may be so Daisy chain is a very simple concept it's a very simple tool effectively which is a tech-based product and it's an app whereby there are um, in excess of 10,000 flexible working candidates in London mainly but elsewhere looking for those types of opportunities and I, I it's a self-service model whereby you know companies or internal recruitment companies can go and sign up they can go and you know put put those opportunities out there and then the community comes and likes them a little bit like a dating app and if you get two matches bingo you know talk to one another and hopefully go and work together so um, yeah we're really excited by it I think it definitely fulfills a, a need and um yeah, you know, if you're listening to this and you haven't heard of it, go and check it out because it, it might well just unlock an opportunity to. And I just see so much opportunity whereby, whether it's project related work or, you know, certain roles. the you know it might be that you're a small business and you want a finance director or an hr director or somebody like that you you can't necessarily justify the true cost of what a you know top quality candidate of those would look like i'm I'm telling you there are thousands of people out there that would love to work in those types on those types of opportunities for a lower remuneration package on a flexible deal so yeah that that's it in a nutshell was that clear? Doesn't sound very clear to me. Clear,
0: <laughs> clear to me. <laughs> and, and yeah, we totally agree that we're seeing a, a, a you know a Im- real increase in terms of the kind of part-time roles coming in, or yeah, part-time basically, and you know those real, real flexible ones. So good to see. Final topic: Ooh. wage inflation.
1: I just need to remember what's what's the score here.
0: So two 0 two, 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 two to me. Oh sorry, <laughs> whoa, 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 two whoa. one.
1: Go on. Just, a sh- just a short so, second. So, and so James, then, and you, just you need said to get this right. You said it's the last one, so James can't win. Is, is
0: uh... no? You <laughs> could draw. Not the this is on wage inflation. Okay. Um, waiting on a report coming out on that tomorrow, aren't we? About we are how yep. we're going to be helped out? Um, so, blanky blank style. Employers are increasing wages as a way to attract new candidates. Though these increases. Blankety blank outpace inflation.
1: Can you repeat the question, please?
0: (laughs) Do you know what? This, I agree, this one is quite hard. I don't think it makes perfect sense, to be honest. (laughs) Employers are increasing wages as a way to attract new candidates, though these increases do or do not outpace inflation.
1: Uh, I think, yeah. I'd like to go first on that, please, if that's okay. I think you went first last time, James. Oh, uh, did I? You did, yeah. Shall I just... Oh, shall I just as you're losing, you can go first. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. you can, you can. no, no, you go. It's not losing, it's learning, is not it? That's the word. Um, <laughs> that they. I think, if I... I don't know why I've been watching the news recently, which I never do, and I've, I always suggest one shouldn't, but I think it's do not...
2: I have to agree. I don't. I don't want to, but I have to, just for, for competitive instincts and yeah. nothing else.
0: Both correct. So we're at two-two now, and that that is the final blank. Starcross. Me too, Hannah <laughs> <laughs> Well, you both got it right. Um, <laughs> both got it right. <laughs> do you? Or do either of you have any kind of ideas on how you could, impl- you know, support your staff through inflation, rather than you know, not just about kind of increasing salaries, but anything else? Any ideas on that?
1: Oh. yeah I, I'll go first I think the first thing is I think it's really sad when talent feels it needs to leave an organisation in order to you know f- find itself better off I don't you know I I'd, I, I'd, I'd, I'd f- I prefer the world didn't work that way if I'm honest with you but equally you know as business leaders ourselves you know we, we're all all businesses are under financial constraints and pressures and budgets and all the rest of it but in my career, which is pretty much 20 years, I can't remember seeing a time where the delta was so big, you know, stick around and maybe get a pay rise, maybe don't, and move and and, 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 and in some occasions get, you know, I, just this week, you know, we've seen 30 or 40% bump for effectively doing the same job. I don't think companies should do that or can do that in order to, to retain their people. So then it's a question of what else can you do, at which point I'm going to hand over to James Campion because... <laughs>
2: thank you for that t- <laughs> t- t- yeah.
1: um well
2: I, I, I need to declare a, a fairly strong personal view on this because um i think it's madness first of all some of the um some of the salaries being offered around and, and i'm not talking about recruitment as an industry I'm talking right across the marketplace in which we operate um i think there's a lot of businesses that are because of the talent shortage you know they're they're buying talent at a price that is significantly over value. you know I' always say to everybody here and you know, I never look at cost look at value it's always the most important thing and and that's the same for the same for our client base and I've, I've got a horribly nagging doubt in the back of my head that when the market and the economy starts to slow down in the next X months years whenever that might be there's gonna be a lot of organizations who've loaded a lot of uh, extra cost into their business that their model might struggle to sustain. And I've got, I've just got this fear that, um, you know, all the people who've chosen to leave for this whacking great pay rise of 30, 40%, as Andrew said, are gonna find themselves in the kind of the, the last in first out category. So um, I think I, my, my first note would be to candidates of so just be very, very, very cautious around um, the organization you're joining, you, you know, the, how well they're positioned to support you should should the world change? Sure, not should when the world changes, which which it will. Um, how do we tackle that? Well, uh, I'd, I I've always 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 believed that um, if you move money for if you move jobs for money, um, and that's the sole reason, then you're going to have some problems sooner or later. Because, and that's whether you're the candidate or the or the employer. Um, I think you have to. Um, uh, the, the, it depends on the categories of people you look at there's lots of different age groups that you've got with lots of badges attached next to them which people have put lots of these sweeping stereotypes of every millennial is x every gen z is y and i always think that's a load of nonsense because it's just the, it's just a really lazy way of badging a, an entire um, age group of people by the same categories which just aren't true so i think you've got to um, you've got to show people that um, that they're going to be happy in where they work, and that they're going to get real fulfilment and enjoyment. You've got to show people that you're going to develop them. You know, one of the things I've always said about Devil Smith is I don't care what level you are. Every single person who joins here, I want. Uh, my goal is to try and improve them when they're here. Um, you know, and I always think that. Um, you know, I, I joke about this, but it, it is really true. If you look at my job, it's actually, it's actually very, very simple. It's not not easy to run a business, as everybody, or to run a team or department, but. I I have three things that I have to do at any one time. The first is to try and attract the best possible talent in the market. The second is trying to improve them um, uh, when they get here. And the third is make them want to stay. And so if we're talking about point one around how we attract people, we we will always always pay for talent, but I'm never going to overpay for it. I want people to see where we're going. And so you have to paint a picture around, okay, this is tomorrow, but this is next year, and this is five years. I think you've got to show them how you can develop them as people as well as their skills because you have to look at it holistically now rather than just on a, you get X bucks in, in return for doing the same job. Um, and I think you've got to show that um, they're going to enjoy where they work, you know, it's the it's the thing that I've always stood by ever since I started working at it's a very, very long time ago. I've never wanted to work for the business, I didn't care how much I was paid unless I actually enjoyed being there. I, I got offered a job when I was 16 years old, which was... Um, Repairing fruit machines—it's meant I got to go to pubs, and it paid me two pounds less an hour than it did to work in co-op. And I just wanted to do the job because I find it more enjoyable, even though I earn, you know, eighty quid a week less. I just found the job more interesting and more enjoyable and more fun. And I've always taken that approach—that you've got to make a place where people want to stay. So I realise that's a bit of a long-winded answer. That's what I
1: think. I never knew that about you. I've never seen you play a fruit machine either, but I I don't realise how they work. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Yeah, I don't know if you're expecting me to say anything now, Hannah. I wasn't, but
0: you looked like you were about to say something. No, I think James is
1: spot on. You know, I, I just echo. I, I just, I just implore both sides of 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 the action, really, candidates and clients to so just, you know, take it steady, you know, and 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 I think that's better for for you know for both parties in the you know in the medium term for sure.
0: Yeah, there's no point being in a very well-paid job where you're totally miserable. <laughs> Well, thank you both for that. I've got a, a quick fire round for you just before we finish up, but that was that was really really good. So thank you. Okay, Coachella or Glastonbury?
2: Oh, you've got
1: to go first on that
2: as the resident cool well, cool DJ. I've
1: never, I've never been to either, and people that know me well know I really really love music. I'd say Glastonbury definitely, UK. Why? You know, from 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 everything I've heard. I would
2: I would go Coachella just cuz it looks like there's nicer places to stay and I hate the thought of sleeping in a tent.
0: <laughs> Coachella looks a lot more glam, doesn't it? Yeah. Better looking people as well. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> Wimbledon or the Champions League final.
2: Oh, uh I'm lucky. I've uh I've been to both. Um really really fortunately cuz my big passion is sport. I've always loved to go and watch sport and um uh what would i pick well not not wimbledon this year i would say given everything that's going on all the problems with the uh, the ranking points and i'm an everton fan and liverpool are in the champions league final so i don't really want to go to that either uh, but i did i had more fun at the champions league final than i did at wimbledon so i would probably pick champions league final
1: yeah i mean for me it's all all depends on you know the who's playing who and you know what have you but i i've never been to the final of wimbledon i've never been to the champions league final either so i'm you know done by in that respect, but
0: <laughs> you got to pick one. Wimbledon,
1: I think okay. Wimbledon as a day out was um, you know you really unique. You know, and 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 the Champions League finals are amazing, but how different is that to the FA Cup? I honestly don't know. But I th- I th- I felt when I went to Wimbledon, the sun was shining. You know, London, UK. It feels to me, like, you know, Wimbledon is clearly. I'm not that mad into tennis, but it's clearly the top, top, top that all the players want to play in and just as a spectacle that's amazing aesthetically I think it's stunning uh, the strawberries were the best I've ever tasted and I had a great day so I'd go back in a heartbeat very very expensive though I couldn't believe is it? oh it's extremely expensive so sounds like a good day out uh, it was marvelous yeah really good
0: okay this is this is a controversial one ketchup in the cupboard or in the fridge
1: oh, I don't think that's even a question it's in the fridge every day of the week <laughs> What sort of madness are we talking about here? Yeah. <laughs> no, I've attempted to wind James yeah. up, but I agree. I mean, in our house, I've got three children. You'll find at least three bottles of half-consumed ketchup. Oh. We, we, we seem to sort of, you know, work yeah. through a number rather than complete one uh, at, a, at a time. I don't know why.
0: That's. In- I don't think it is that clear an answer. A lot of people keep it in the cupboard. Well,
1: then they're
2: wrong. <laughs> Let
0: me tell you that now. <laughs> but I'm in agreement with you both. Okay, final one. Perfect summer holiday. Describe it in three words
1: Friends, food. I'll give you four. (laughs) This is classic. Friends, food, views, and music. Let me think. Heat,
2: water, and food.
0: So food being the the common denominator between you both.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think we definitely yeah we align on <laughs> That's that. That's the best too. part of the
0: summer holiday. Well, thank you both very very much. It's been great talking to you, and uh, yeah, thanks for taking part in the spring edition.
1: Hannah, you've done a great job. Thank you ever so much. I, I'm really impressed. But. Hopefully this was helpful to anybody who's listened, and um, particularly and, uh, settling the ketchup debate once and for all. I feel. <laughs> but in all seriousness, if ever you've got any questions around any of this stuff, pick up the phone to myself or to James or to the rest of the team, and we'll we'll do what we can to help. Thanks very much, all.
0: You can join the DS movement by visiting ds.devrelsmith.com, and you will receive the latest DevCast episode direct to your inbox.